The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio. This is your cell. This is your bunk. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio, live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios. Here's attorney Bill Amadeo. Hey, we are live. All right. Oh, I am Bill Amadeo from, did you review notes? From McManus and Amadeo, yeah, okay. McManus and Amadeo and Grable and Associates and Shiawassee 6. I didn't want to put the hoodie on because it's too hot in here today. I got the three-in-one fitness shirt on and that's a tribute to the gym and the Adam son, a badass, um, badass trainer, great trainer. Adam, if you're tuned in, Tell me lies. Thank you for the recommendation. We got a lot to catch up on. That was that show on Hulu I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. And the live audience is here. He's reviewing my notes. And I gotta tell you guys, been a weird week, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when the live audience is here, being the strong Republican presence you are, I feel like a bit of Shiawassee is here, you know? And it's great. Right now, Republicans like me more than Dems. Yep. And you notice the zit got popped too? So you that? told me. About yeah, that. yeah, I'll tell you, man. My acne's clearing up. <laughs> All right, tonight we're going to talk about Cheers, one of my favorite shows growing up, and your perspective today on it. Um, I'm going to talk about a law school party where Cindy Lauper played a big role in things. And then we're going to talk about, hold on, we got a few things to talk about, but we are, we're doing good with the live. Scott Grable is on with the Grable and Associates thing, so I'm handicapped in baseball, but I'm stopping to watch this most important life. Scott, thank you, man. I mean, the fact that you took time from your busy day, you probably worked two, three hours a day. Something. Yeah, Jesus. I did more work for Scott Grable than Scott Grable did for himself today. I promise you that. But it's lit. Scott's a delicate flower, man. He likes to tune in and make his little commentaries. And Scott spending $200 on a baseball game today. That's huge, right? He was actually betting more when he was a pizza delivery guy in New Jersey. And he sends me these simulations he does. Scott, we're, we're really impressed, man. You should start your own capping site. You know, he wants <laughs> That would be good. And let's give a big shout out to Ravi Guru Murphy. Ravi, if you're out there listening, out in Oscola today, he won three preliminary examinations. Let me explain something to you guys. A prelim is almost impossible to win. All the prosecution has to show is probable cause. That is nothing to show. And Ravi came through. Most people don't win more than one in their whole career. I have one actually, I did the math, 11 in my career. Ravi did three in one day. That's the equivalent of hitting six home runs in a game. That's amazing. So Ravi, this one's for you, man. Kicking ass and taking names. If Ravi was in the Ann Arbor area, mm-hmm. he'd be making more money. Think about that. So can we start the real live? Okay. And the live audience, did you approve the script? Yeah, we're good. It's not really a script, but I mean, you know, there's notes we wrote. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about Cheers. And people want to hear this. I know. You know, Cheers is one of my favorite shows as a child. And the story goes, 
we didn't have many channels growing up. We were really poor growing up. You've heard me bitch about that many times, right? So, we had channels 2 to 13. And on channel 3 was Cheers at 9 o'clock on Thursdays. And my mom was off Wednesdays and Thursdays. So me, mom, and Aunt Mary used to watch Cheers religiously. I love that show. And the star of the show is Sam Malone. Sam Malone was a really good relief pitcher with the Boston Red Sox. He was a closer. He had a bad alcohol problem. And one of the few assets he had from his major league career was the bar Cheers. And, you know, as a child, you really love the show. And, like, I'm watching it on Hulu today after a long day of work. And I'm watching Cheers. I mean, not today. Maybe I'll do it later tonight. But, you know, you go home. You unwind. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And you're putting Cheers on. And then you start saying to yourself, whoa. And this week, I was on pain medication for my left knee. Which I'm told I could be back in the gym now in a day or so. And I can see my left knee's up there. So the pain meds have helped. But you guys know I'm like straight edge, right? So me on pain meds after a long day of work watching Cheers. Wow. It's, um, Scott Green was making all these sarcastic comments. I mean, does he ever stop? No. Don't you have like a, a bullet to build or, you know, like some uh, intermittent fasting to do, Scott? I guess not. So let's talk about Sam alone. We're going to go through some of the characters, right? And some of the sketches. And I'm, <laughs> Scott goes, I can't be silenced. Here's the thing. Growing up, Sam alone is the good-looking baseball player who now owns a bar. And he's one of your favorite characters, right? I mean, who doesn't like Sam alone? So he really, he's got a heart of gold. And, you know, he's always getting women, and you think he's this cool guy. But, I mean, I guess the problem, as you grow older, you start realizing, and I still like the show, don't get me wrong, but Sam is really a moron. Like, he's really dumb. Like, he gets involved in really stupid situations. He's bad with his money, stupid relationships. But the craziest relationship of all was with Diane Chambers. So Diane is this pseudo-intellectual, and, you know, you're impressed. Like, she's this intelligent woman who's just tending bar, waiting tables. You know, and you're kind of, like, playing that out. Like, okay, here's this brain amongst a group of morons. Let me stop. Okay. Not that I'm relating to certain things in Atlantic City at all, and I say that. But I, I like Diane. But then you start breaking Diane down. First of all, she wasn't as good-looking as people professed her to be. Like, and here's Fraser Crane. We'll get to Fraser later. And Sam. And they're, like, in love with this woman. And, I mean, if I was Sam, I would have cut tides with Diane a long time ago. But he gets played out by her. Gets involved in all these situations with her, and I don't understand, like, the allure of Diane. Because she, when you really break Diane down, she's not as smart as you think she is initially. Initially, you think she's this brain, and she's well-read, right? 
But when you really start looking at things, remember the time she submitted a poem to literary magazine? She got rejected like Woody did. She's not a published writer till years later when she finally leaves Sam. She's involved in an array of goofy relationships. She was the TA and was in love with her professor who left her there. That's how she started at Cheers. I don't know. Like, here's Sam, this good guy, but he's really stupid. Here's Diane, this somewhat attractive intellectual. But when you break it down, Diane's not that smart. It's just she's smart compared to Sam. I mean, and Sam, let me break the news for you, bro. She's not really brilliant. If you're going to go the intellectual route, I mean, you could have went a different direction. I didn't like their dynamic. But I did love Coach Ernie Pantuso. Nicholas Castellano. Ernie Pantuso was the sweet father figure of the group. And I gotta tell you, at seven years old, I loved Ernie Pantuso. In my mid-40s, I love Ernie Pantuso. How could you not? And when Ernie passes away, he's replaced by Woody Boyd. And Woody's a great character. Woody is this poor idiot that was a pen pal with Coach. Back in the day, they used to have pen pals. And you may say to yourself, that's crazy. Is it? Or is it like meeting people on the internet today, you know? But these two are right new each other, and then Woody takes over the job, and Woody is the son version of Coach. And it's a perfect transition. One thing Cheers did amazing was when Diane left, here came Becky Howe. When Coach passed away, here came Woody Boyd. They had a way of filling in the next person up. Carla Tortelli. This is the one that gets to me. Carla Tortelli was viewed as somewhat of a sex symbol. I didn't get it. She's this miserable little woman, right? She's got like six kids. And she's always involved in these love, these crazy love relationships, these weird situations. One, she ends up having a relationship with Fraser Crane's hero, Ludlow. And Ludlow wants to marry Carla, and she says no. Because she has a dream of being with, like, a loser. And to me, this sums up everything, right? She was into Eddie LeBeck. She was into Nick Tortelli. Here comes Ludlow, who's in love with her. Pushes him away. Then when she gets with Eddie LeBeck, who loses career with the Boston Bruins, he ends up going to the ice capades getting killed by a Zamboni truck, and he finds out that she was having a bitch. Carla was very mean, and I would have tipped Carla well, would have been rooting for her, but I can't see why people put up with her shit. And she probably would have liked me, because I'm a good tipper, you know, you're a professional guy that's nice to her, but the way she treated other people, it kind of annoyed me, and one person she treated like shit was Cliff Clavin. What do you think of Cliff Clavin? No comment. Okay, you don't like Cliff? No. You think he's a Democrat? <laughs> Cliff and Norm are the two regulars at the bar, right? These guys are key to the show. And here's poor Norm. Norm's always unemployed. He's an accountant. And he just drinks at the bar all day long. And here's Cliff, the mailman. 
Cliff is somewhat of a coward. You kind of have empathy for Cliff when he gets called out in a fight and doesn't go. But then he does things like report his co-worker Lewis for stealing perfume from the mailbags. I don't know. And then he falls in love with Maggie O'Keefe. It's, it's weird with Cliff. The one show that was centered around Cliff is when he went on Jeopardy. He goes on Jeopardy and he's winning crazy amounts of money. And the one question they ask him on Double Jeopardy or whatever, or in the final round of Jeopardy, is who were these three actors, what they have in common? And he responds, three men who've never been in my kitchen, he loses it all. And that sums it up. Cliff is the guy who, on the brink of success, finds a way to lose. We know people like that. Like They find a way to lose a case. Norm is just a jolly old drunk who's along for the ride. Fraser Crane... Who gets his spin-off. I mean, Frazier's nuts. He is this educated, mental health professional. But he loses his mind over Diane. Diane leaves him to go back with Sam. And then Lilith cheats on him with the other doctor in the bubble or whatever. And Frazier's gonna kill himself over this. I mean, and I'm thinking to myself... This highly educated person comes in this bar. He's dysfunctional. But what does he want out of life? And here's where the intellectual thing... You're looking at this today, right? What did Diane and Fraser really want out of Cheers? Because on its face, right? You would think Fraser's hanging out with the intellectuals. Sipping sherry, right? Whatever. And Diane would be hanging out with other intellectuals, probably like unpublished writers, not making money or whatever. What do they want? They want to fit in. That's reality. And inside the bubble of cheers, these poor souls were extremely important. And they controlled the dynamic. They controlled the dialogue. Outside of cheers, Sam Malone is an alcoholic and a failed baseball player who doesn't have a ton of money. Inside Cheers, he's king of the world. Outside of Cheers, Norm Peterson is kind of a joke, but inside Cheers, he's cheered on. He's beloved. Outside of Cheers, Cliff Clavin is that weird mailman that the dogs always want to bite. Inside Cheers, he's one of the guys. And it's weird how Frazier and Diane, these two intellectuals, they just want to be part of it. And I think subconsciously I picked up on this as a kid. And I think it's one of the reasons, like, I had no desire to ever fit in anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I fit in everywhere. It's one of those things. And what do we learn from that? Like, when I go to different courts and stuff, people have this fear about leaving their comfort zone. Right. You should make the comfort zone assimilate to you. You shouldn't have to assimilate to the comfort zone. And I could still watch Cheers today and smile and laugh, but I also realize it's a bunch of people who wanted to control their own little part of the world and not really branch out. And when they did branch out, things didn't work.
If Sam Malone was sober, he might have been a great closer for a long time. If Frazier Crane had more confidence, he wouldn't be chasing down Diane. If Cliff Clavin had more self-confidence, he'd be putting money away in the 401k and be having a cool side gig. But they all find themselves in this little bar where everybody knows your name. And for a half hour of our week, we got lost in it. And we felt like we were beloved members of the show. Sadly, as time passes on, you're realizing, huh, it's not like I want to be in that clique. Mm-hmm. Be cool to them, tip them well. But I don't know if I'd want to go to Cheers every week. Let me ask you a question. You know me, right? Is there anywhere I really want to go every week? There's no. like, you never see me like say, hey, I gotta go here. Mm-hmm. The gym. Yeah, okay, but that's more like mental health therapy, right? I mean, you know, it's weird. But I mean, as far as like going to a restaurant or going to a bar, I mean, I don't have that niche where I want to go do that. I'll go places. Right. I didn't have a desire to go to certain things, and that leads us to part two of our story today. The desire to fit in and law school functions. Let's break this one down. You know, throughout time, I've learned that uh, clicks are different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when we found each other... <laughs> you came here looking for a gray hole and you didn't My inner circle is my inner circle. It's a very dynamic group, right? Mm-hmm. Which would include you, Thank you. Matt McManus, yep. Scott Grable, Jen Kelly. Yep. But, I mean, outside of that, there's tons of people we're cool with. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about things in the inner circle we wouldn't share outside of the circle, right? It's fair, right? And I realized in law school, like, people go their whole lives out finding an inner circle. And I'm relating cheers now to a law school function where people just want to fit in, right? Hmm. That need to fit in is so strong. You know? Hey, Nancy. And, um... This one law school function really made me think. I went back in time, and Cindy Lauper will come into play here. But um, I won some award at Cooley. At this point, my grades are really good, and I'm going to tell you why they were so good. Because I believe we should never confuse academics and intellect. But I did learn, if I didn't get this good enough GPA, I'm going back to Jersey and bartend. I don't want to do that. So you have to learn this system to be successful. It's kind of like been a theme in my life, like learn how to play the game better than the people that created the game, you know? It'd be like when I did fantasy football, I'd be with all the guys in Jersey and I couldn't stand up, but if I'd win, it really pissed them off because the intellectual won the fantasy football. Well, that's what law school was to me, right? Shit. I got a future here. I don't necessarily like a lot of these people, but... That's your surrounding area. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fit in with them, but I want to be able to control the room, if you would. But this was a weird time for me, because mom is really sick. I mean, mom is not far from death. And, um... <laughs> Scott Grable says, Bill Amadeo's inner circle is the equivalent of the Warriors of the late 70s movie. Amadeo is the swan character. <laughs> 
Oh, Scott, love you, you too, good, man. Could I finish my story? Would it be all right? So, mom's sick. And I'm on the phone with mom, and like, talking to mom when she was sick, we got really close. We were close when I was a kid, and then there were some issues along the way. And wait for it, Nancy, it's coming. And um, distance kind of rolls closer together, if that makes sense. You know, you can relate to that, right? So I'm on the phone with mom, and I'm just checking in like, hey, what's going on? How you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, what do you got going on tonight? I'm like, oh, God. I've been studying all day, hit the gym for a little bit, and there's this Dean's List event I gotta go to. And she goes, oh, are you gonna go? I'm like, eh, I don't wanna go. And she's like, why not? And then my aunt's on the other end, because they, the, the, the girls, Aunt Mary and Mom, they would, like, tag team. They don't always like each other, but they would tag team for the benefit of me. Billy! You go to that event! Yeah. Like, no, no, you go. So, I go to the event, and I'm, like, so bored out of my mind. I go to my friend Brian, and if you know Brian from Jersey, I won't mention his last name, because he's a rising star in politics now, and he don't necessarily want to be affiliated with these until after he wins, then it'd be a cool thing. But, you know, during the process... And Brian is like, hey, let's go to this thing. And Brian is just looking <laughs> to go to an event. And when Brian would get drunk at an event, he used to do the um, old school theme. You're my boy, Blue. You're my boy. So Brian at events was funny. But I'm going there and I'm shaking hands. And I get my award and everybody else that got their awards are there. And there's going to be an after party at Village Green. Now, let me explain something. Law school after parties may not be what you think inner city after parties are, right? It's a little different. And the after parties at Village Green, and I'm I'm driving Brian back to Village Green. He's crashing with me, and I'm on the phone with Aunt Mare and Mom. I put on speaker. We're driving back. Hey guys, what's going on? Um, got the award. Blah blah blah. What are you doing tonight, honey? Uh, there's this party at Village Green, but I'm going to avoid it. Why? You live at Village Green. Right, but it's not at my house. It's at somebody else's apartment. And I said, you know, I think a couple of my ex-girlfriends are going to be there, and I don't want to get involved. They all got boyfriends and stuff, and I, there's going to be drinking and who knows what. I don't know if I want the drama. And Aunt Marin Mom, at this point, they're like, oh, you gotta go. <laughs> Mom's like, she wants me to go, because Mom, at this point, she's in a lot of pain, but she loves hearing these crazy stories. And I would talk to my mom, like, my mom was like my big sister, right? She'd be really young, but I would say she'd on the phone to Mom about different girls and stuff, like, i get advice from her. And it was like, the big sister was talking to her little brother, then Aunt Mare, who's like the mother figure, she was co-signing on stuff. And mom's like, no, no, go to the party because something weird's going to happen. Then tell me about it. All right. So I called my friend Jerry Daly. And Jerry, he's going now too, but you've heard me talk about Jerry. And Jerry loved to live vicariously through me. He just did. I mean, I said, hey, I think an ex-girlfriend or two might be at this party. And Jerry goes, hey, are you nuts? You shouldn't go to that thing. I said, I know. But mom and Aunt Mary want me to go. And he's like, well... 
I don't think you should go. But if you do go, please tell me about it after. And one day it's going to make for a good story. Okay. So, I guess we should start with this as we go into the party phase. Cindy Lauper was a favorite of my family. And the story of Cindy Lauper is amazing. Poor girl from New York. In 1983, she just blew up with the album She's So Unusual. And Cindy Lauper had this amazing voice, but Cindy Lauper wasn't traditional. But songs like Time After Time and All Through the Night, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was probably her biggest hit, but it wasn't her most powerful. Time After Time was powerful as hell. And, um, you're sitting there, and because you dated these people, you shared a few things. And some of the things you shared was about your mom. And I don't know, at this point of my life, I'm not really a vulnerable person, I don't share a lot of things, but when music came up, I felt like it was a safe topic. I've always been that person that I want to show you a piece of me, but I'll decide what piece I want to display. But for some reason with these particular women, I talked about Cindy Lauper, and I said, yeah, my mom would sing Cindy Lauper, and she loved Cindy Lauper, and I had the album, and, you know, just an amazing voice. And in my house, as a poor Italian family in the inner city of Atlantic City in the 80s and 90s, Cindy Lauper was a cold hero. We love Cindy Lauper. I still think she has one of the best voices I've ever heard. And that album, She's So Unusual, was always sacred in my family. And, um, yeah, so keep that in mind. So at this party, there's karaoke. Now, I'm always straight edge, right? I'm sober, I'm sitting there drinking my Gatorade, I'm talking to a couple people I want to talk to, I'm talking to Brian, I'm on this one, that one. And, um, and I see the room's really small. Or you ever been in that situation where the room gets really small? You know what I mean? Like, you want to avoid certain people, but the walls are caving in and you can't move. And despite the fact that I never went out much in law school, I had a pretty interesting social life. And it usually ended with, it ended on bad terms. One girl once told me that you are like this master chef that creates this amazing meal and little doilies are there and then when you sit down to eat you pull it away. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe one of my exes will be there. I want to avoid that ex. But no, three of my exes were in this room. Three! And we're not going to mention names, because we don't do that here. But um, we'll simply say New York, California, and Portland. And now my inner circle will know who I'm talking about. Nobody else will. New York was an interesting girl. Um, She, as history tells us, as has been the subject of many things... She was one that left me for a much older guy. 
who had a lot of money. And that was very fascinating that she brings this old guy to this party. So here's the guy she left me for, and she broke up this guy's marriage, and he's here. So we're like late 20s, right? And here's this guy who's like 60 at this party with these little students with this girl. And I told this joke to Brian, who's drunk. And it was a joke that has been used on Cheers. I actually learned this one on Cheers. But I said, New York's boyfriend, he can, his face could stop a clock. So Brian goes up to my ex from New York. And he goes, hey, so-and-so, can your boyfriend do that trick for us? And she goes, what trick is that? Billy told me the trick where his face could stop a clock. <laughs> now, drunken Brian has shared this to her. And she's pissed. And she's making a scene there. And I'm sitting there drinking my Gatorade. Mm -hmm. She goes, did you say that? No. No, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't about your relationship I'm trying to get away and it's karaoke time so she volunteers to be the first one to sing karaoke now I'm not singing karaoke right your mom was my mom was a huge karaoke person mom was the most professional singer mom loved karaoke I didn't get that gene I was in a lousy band briefly but I was not the karaoke guy so New York Says, hey, why don't we do a Cindy Lauper song? Who loves Cindy Lauper? And I'm sitting there like, huh. That's gonna be a shot at me, right? And you know it's gonna you know something bad's coming. So she picks this song, Money Changes Everything. And I've been thinking about that song lately. It came up in Spotify. And the song starts like this: I'm sorry, baby, I'm leaving you tonight. I found someone new. He's waiting in the car outside. <laughs> and she points to the new boyfriend. And I'm sitting there, drinking my Gatorade, and Brian's like, hey, you think she's talking about you and him? <laughs> Maybe. And, um, okay. Now, when New York is done singing, she goes up to California, which I thought was fascinating because California came after New York. California was not. Okay. And New York and California didn't like each other. They didn't intersect with one another, but they didn't care for one another. They kind of knew who they were, right? But they're uniting right now. So California says, I want to sing a song about Cindy Lauper, too. Now, California, one of her things was to sing karaoke and try and piss me off. She did this with the Mighty Money's Boss Stones long before, but when we would be somewhere, she would sing karaoke and get, like, jumping around and eh, whatever. So she sings, and Nancy, here's where the girls want to have fun thing. She sings girls just want to have fun, and I, I'm just sitting there, okay, I don't, that's not really a shot. I mean, I saw what New York did, but money changes everything, but I didn't see where she was going. And, like, and she's dating this bodybuilder. And there's this bodybuilder in Lansing, and, me, and this guy is, like, highly confused. 
I mean, he is like shooting up juice in the bathroom at a law school party. He comes up to me and he's like, Hey, you know I'm stronger than you, right? I'm like, well, yeah, but you're using steroids. I don't know if that counts. And he got this confused look on his face. And I, I don't know. So she's saying girls want to have fun. Bodybuilder boyfriend's juicing up. New York. He's got her old man there. Brian tells him about the joke about the clock. Stopping face, whatever. And here comes Portland. Portland walks in with her new boyfriend. Portland and I had a uh, weird breakup. You know, it was just a weird one. I didn't really like Portland. I I'll be honest with you. Like, give her dates, but you didn't really like. You've been there, right? <laughs> I didn't really care for her. Like, I thought she was a really nice person. You know, and she made a move, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, one of those things, and we hung out for a while, but it was very weird because for somebody like Portland was unquestionably the least attractive of the three of these women, but had the biggest ego. And Portland walks in with this guy who she was dating after me, or maybe during, I don't know, she's probably cheating on me. He had failed out of law school. And uh, he was still coming to these law school parties. And I'm thinking to myself, New York's got the old guy there with the ugly face. California's got the juice boy. Portland's bringing in the guy that failed out. And I'm thinking, I think he's just coming to this party, right? I mean, I'm just sitting there and I'm sipping on this Gatorade, my lemon lime Gatorade, really slow. And Portland says, We're going to do Cindy Lauper too. And she goes, this is about being loyal for those that love you. And she points to her boyfriend. And this poor soul, he don't have a clue that this is a shot at me. And she sings time after time. And, uh, I'm just sitting there. And, like, it destroyed Cindy Lauper for a while for me. Because every time I think of Cindy Lauper's great album, I'm thinking of these crazy people at this law school party. You know, and then you slowly walk out the room. You know that feeling, right? You ever been in that situation when you're in a group of people you don't want to be near? And you can't really say goodbye to the ones you want to say goodbye to because you got to get the hell out of there. Just got to go. So, three ex-girlfriends, knowing that my mom and our family love Cindy Lauper, seeing Cindy Lauper at this karaoke party, the one takes a shot about the money. The one is a moron, doesn't understand that girls want to have fun, has no effect on me. The one goes time after time. They're there with their group of new losers, which include the ugly money guy, the steroid boy, and the poor guy that failed at law school. And I I call mom and Aunt Mary when I get back to my apartment, they're laughing their ass off, Jerry's having a good time with it, and um... I was center of attention against my will. And that became like a theme, right? Like, you can control the room that you don't want to control. Anyway. That's, um... That's my thoughts on Cheers and a law school party. With the Cindy Lauper's She's So Unusual album. And let me just... Cindy Lauper's amazing. And I do not hold... Anything in Cindy Lauper for that night, but what a great album. And I'm so happy. Her 
She is a live in and of herself. Cindy Lauber is one of the most amazing talent you've ever seen. You wanna go where everybody knows your name. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. I hate when a lawyer contacts me and says... I got a referral for you, and I know you're busy. Will you please call this guy after hours? So you call him after hours. And you don't want to, but you do it. You go through the motions, get ready. He wants to come and make an appointment, doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell was that? Were you kicking the tires? I mean, God. Don't need the case. Don't waste my goddamn time, please. That sucked. And then today, I get his offer on this case. Let me tell you something. Oh gosh. I mean... That is like, that offer was the equivalent of, would you like a root canal in your ear? Please, don't people, don't waste my time. And exhaustion kicks in. I'll tell you one more funny story. We'll get into people you may know. I gotta tell you, there's a list here. And we have to change names Mm -hmm. to protect civil litigation. Mm -hmm. Because shockingly, most of the people on this list, the losers... (laughs) They would love to sue. Yeah. Be a good day for them, right? Yeah. You finally get that Arby's they had their eyes on. Oh, my God. Dude. I got, I'll tell you. It, it's been a day. I was had a case today and got this deal done, and the clerk calls me, and they say, Hey, can you get to this county in an hour? Are you available? So I start juggling stuff, right? And the weird part was, I wanted to say to the clerk, because the clerk, she says to me, I know you're a brilliant lawyer, you're in demand, but, and this is short notice, could you do it? And I wanted to say to her, if I could figure out the GPS in a new car, yes. But then she would have lost all the affinity for me. People don't get it. I'm really good at only a few things, so I try to keep those things there. Law, writing, sports, everything else, I try to circum that stuff back. Right? That's like a mad genius. Anyway, let me stop before the fans out there that like me start realizing how crazy I am. All right. Thank you for listening. People you know, this should be called people you've been trying to avoid since high school. Holy shit. My God. This list. This list right here is just crazy. I went through people you know. And I've been told that people you know are people who are stalking your profile. Holy shit! It makes sense! So what we're going to do to protect ourselves from civil litigation, that's our football flip right there, I'm going to go through each of these people that are on the list and tell a brief tidbit about them and make a comment. And it's potential because I've been working all day that some sarcasm may come out. Is that okay with you, live audience? Anything's fine. All right. Live audience gave me the green light. That's all I need, man. I got the green light. I got this new car, right? This new caddy. And I do not know how to work all the new things. It's frustrating. And that was the concern about going to that court today. <laughs> Number one of the people you may know. <sighs> Mike, you're right. Mike said, be careful about having a list. You're going to get red flagged. 
This list was presented by Facebook. The first person I may know is a guy I went to grammar school and high school with. We played baseball together. He used to say, hey, poison, like making fun of Italians. I would then offer to fight him. And then he would say, oh, it's just a joke. This guy was a complete douchebag, and he was a pretty boy back then. Like, all the girls liked him. And he was a great athlete, and this and that. I saw him under people you may know, and of course, because I kept seeing him under people you may know, you had to go check out the pictures, right? Oh my god! Dude, Mr. Number One to people you may know. Those tattoos are not going to cover how unattractive you have become. It is a really sad situation, and I looked you up, your incomes. I'm sad to say this. I kept seeing this asshole, and I was... Part of wants to reach out to him and say, Hey, here's some Google links, but no. I'm better than that. And when I saw what his income was and what he looked like today, I felt like, you know, I'll get through today. It's fine. Because this douchebag, under people you may know, he's a nobody. That was number one. Number two. A serious girlfriend from law school. All right. This particular young woman, she left me for somebody who was 30 years older than me. He had a lot of money. I was a poor law student. She ended up with this guy. And here's what they do. The, these girls that, um, in their forties trying to still be 15, let's just say their name is Michelle Smith. They'll go by the name Michelle Tina. They'll put their middle name out there. No offense, Lorian. Okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's okay. We know who you are. You're stalking my profile and sending drunk DMs at two o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, and <laughs> don't get it. Like, okay. So she keeps calling her people you may know. And this is crazy. Like, she will DM at two o'clock in the morning after like the second bottle of Zinfandel's kicked in. And she's like, oh, I-, I don't know why you're talking to me. I don't get it. It was law school. Get over it. Yo, you TM'd me. I never sent you a friend request. And I know you're stalking my profile. And we'll say this, though. Even though the guy's 30 years older than her, they got a couple new kids. And he was a very successful lawyer. Clearly, he did um, invest in little blue pills. (laughs) Hey, Kelsey Kells, what's up? So, to the ex that is stalking me on Facebook at 2 o'clock in the morning wondering why I'm talking to you when you're trying to talk to me, hey, things look great. Keep up the good work. Number three, a guy I went to high school with. I never understood this particular guy. His family had money. He was from Margate. And he always got really pretty girls in high school. I guess his family had money. Because this guy, it looked like somebody took a frying pan and just smashed his face, right? This is not an attractive guy. And the worst part about him is, like, he keeps changing his profile picture. Because he keep, every day, under people you may know, he keeps coming up. And he keeps taking these very unattractive selfies. And it's like he's showing the forehead, like, hard. 
And you can tell, like, Ugh. like he's really flexing it. He's selling insurance today. I guess those AP classes didn't really pan out the way we thought. Number four, under people you may know, is an asshole from grammar school. I got in a fight with this kid in eighth grade. And to this day, he tells people how he won the fight. And believe it or not, telling people you beat up Bill Amadeo at 14 has really helped him with women. Okay, first of all, you didn't really win the fight. Secondly, um, he is a big deal in South Jersey. He puts it on his Facebook headlines. How do I notice? Let me be clear, guys. I do not stalk these people. They keep coming up with the people you may know. And you know what your favorite part about this guy is? Like, and this is for the kids at home. Be careful if you're stalking someone's profile. If they're not your friend, do not go through their pictures and start liking shit at 4 o'clock in the morning. Like, oh. And then they try to unlike it. <laughs> it's like, huh. Mike so-and-so liked my photo at the Adam Sandler concert. That's weird. I haven't talked to him since 1990. Yeah, that's weird. Yes, weird kid. Number five. <laughs> All right. This is another ex-girlfriend. This one stole my identity. She posts these pictures of her and her family now constantly. And, like, will send messages on Facebook. And then when you go to look at the message, like, it disappeared. Like, she keeps a new profile. Like, this woman must do this, like, ten times a day. <sighs> My best advice to young kids out there is if you ever decide to buy a car from your ex-girlfriend, don't believe her when she says just give her the money and she'll make the payments. I learned that when my car got repoed in 2013. Shockingly, this woman, number five on our hit parade, pocketed the money. You look great, hon. <laughs> number six is a close friend from law school who was later a law school roommate and then came a real mate in the real world. This is somebody who Norman Fell, who, by the way, is on our list later. Norman Fell has stole the profile. Norman Fell said this person was going to be an amazing lawyer, and you will never be what this person is. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Norm, your drafting ability is on par with Matt Millen's. Somebody will get that joke. That's good. Number seven. An assistant attorney general. <laughs> this individual is as attractive as they are brilliant. This is one of these people who, you know, you can't stand them and you're very open. One of my last emails is personal. I really don't like you. Stop contacting me. And they are stalking my profile on a regular basis. And what they do, in a very weird way, is they will make comments on my lives under different names. But then you know how they found out? How you find out it's really them? 
they changed her name back and they forget to untake the common off. Tax dollars at work, guys. Number eight on our hit list. This is a very nice prosecutor I know. This person is an excellent prosecutor. And I kept seeing him come to people you may know. So I sent them a friend request. I said, hey, good to see you on Facebook. And they ran away. Wow. So it's somebody who wants to look at your profile, but not be your Facebook friend. And well, it's okay. Number nine, undercover Michigan State Police Officer. <laughs> I wonder what that's about. Let me help you with this one, guys. And I respect the MSP, right? But if you send a picture of a woman in a bikini and under what you do for a living, it says Michigan State Police <laughs> Officer, you might not be good undercover. And by the way, this would never work for me. I'm so paranoid at my career. If I'm on ESPN and I see a woman in a sweater, I get the hell away from the page. So MSPs are going to trap me in anything. But this is the um, MSP one. Number 10. The former client. This one gives bad reviews, right? One of the few bad reviews. This person wrote once on a review... I was facing 150 years in prison, and because of Bill Amadeo, I got probation. One star. What? Is that a joke? We posted it! And I said to him, dude, you got probation! There was confessions! He's like, yeah, but because of you, I had to test two times a week. Oh, God. Number 11. The student who tutored with you in law school stiffed you on money they owed you for tutoring and then asked you for a letter of recommendation for a job. You see this person come on your profile and it's like, huh, I know that guy. And they send you a DM and a friend request. And you're looking kind of sus, right? It's like, hey, we were so connected in law school and, um, you helped me so much, and now I'm applying for a job in Michigan. May you help me out? I'm sitting there like, don't you owe me like 400 bucks or something from like your third term of law school? I just, I just walked away. Number 12, the college hookup. <laughs> I told you I'd get better looking. <laughs> Number 13. The girl that dissed you in high school. <sighs> Whew, thank you. <laughs> Number 14. <laughs> oh, okay, this is my favorite one. We all know this person. The person you were friends with on Facebook who deleted you and then sends you angry DMs. Why did you delete me? Like, what? Yeah. You deleted me! What the hell? That's some weird shit, right? I don't get it either. You know, it's like that person, like your ex, they text you by accident. 
Oh, I didn't mean to do that. The accidental tax on purpose? Yeah. Number 15. The CPS client. Who? There's a rule in law, right? If there's a $100,000 client, they send a check. There's a $2,000 client, they want to do an extensive interview. This is the person that's studying your Facebook posts. Now, if you're going to hire, not hire because of my Facebook posts, whoo, man. <laughs> Go check out the results, please. In fact, the Facebook posts may not help the business. Actually, it may in certain situations, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. This is number 16. This from the Lenaway cases. The HHS prosecution will appreciate this one. The Lenaway lawyer that hates my guts. This guy's a douchebag, right? And he will, what he'll do is he will stalk the profile. Because I'll get her number one or 200 people you may know. Then I'll make a post. And he'll, like, post something immediately after, which is contradiction. You know, I think Trump's getting railroaded. He'll post, Trump deserves to get prosecuted. Like, what? Where'd you go with that one, sir? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Number 17. The prosecutor who got fired looking for private work sent you that private message. I always appreciated your efforts in court. Do you have any overflow cases? <laughs> All right. Number 18, Norman Fell. My first term professor. Norman Fell once told me that Joe Andrews was going to be a star and I should go back to New Jersey and bartend. Norm... Google me, bud. Number 19, Norman Fell's best friend. What? <laughs> I imagine they're like on the drunker, right? Like, ha ha, let's see on Facebook profile. We'll make fun of him. Wow. All right. Yeah. Number 20. The guy who married one of my exes. Dude, don't do it to yourself, man. Just walk away. Alright, listen. I hope you can... <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm sorry, man. My, my guys, listen. My confidence is high. I'm sorry. I can't be humble in this situation. I do think I'm better than anybody under people you may know. You wanna go where everybody knows the proceeding was a paid presentation by McManus and Amadeo PLLC. Listeners of this program should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No listener should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information within this program without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Listening to this program using any associated website or related links or resources does not create an attorney-client relationship.
relationship between the listener and host, contributors, or contributing law firms. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this program are hereby expressly disclaimed. You and your loved ones deserve a criminal defense firm that believes that your life and freedom are worth fighting for. Matt McManus, Bill Amadeo, and the McManus and Amadeo team of attorneys, investigators, and case managers will take the lead with a vast knowledge and legal experience across the state of Michigan to get the best possible result for you. Learn more at McManusAmadeo.com. Schedule a free consultation 24-7 by calling 800-392-7311.